0: oh hello hey babe how you doing i'm i'm wonderful it's a new day
1: it is. I'm sorry. I'm you know I'm still recovering from my cold, so I may cough throughout this. And again, it is not the Rona.
0: You know, <laughs> uh, we are a thousand miles apart, so uh, I feel okay about this. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Whew. I was so worried. Ah. I have a little uh, congestion going on, and it's because I did that thing that they always tell you not to do. When the weather gets really cold and then it gets really warm, and you're like, I don't need a jacket. And uh, uh, yeah, so. All the oh. old wives are frowning at you. Yep. As they tell their tales. <laughs> you think I have learned my lesson by now, to my ripe old age. Tisk. <laughs> well, <okay. clears throat> it's wonderful Sorry. to be back. Oh, so you really just gonna cough. You just gonna cough the whole time. I'm gonna cough
1: cough. We're gonna (laughs) cough. Okay. Let's get into our intro. I'm done coughing
0: now. Okay. Welcome back. Wait, don't you usually start us? I do. Oh Um, doing.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'll take over from here. Welcome (laughs) back to a thousand miles apart. I'm Stephanie.
0: And I'm Takara. And we are 1,000 Miles Apart, a podcast of two best friends who sadly live 1,000 miles away from each other, but we're making do. We are making do, and you are so lucky to be on this journey with us. Was that that a bit much? Sorry, guys.
1: (laughs) It's fine. Um, I was trying to think of a journey song, like not the group, but like a song about a journey. Can't think of one. All it's I can a,
0: think of is on the road again.
1: <laughs> that doesn't
0: really work. <laughs>
1: I was thinking of um what is that song from Little Einstein's, but I don't really know the words. We're going on a trip on a something rocket ship. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> not knowing the words is not helpful in this situation.
0: Little Einstein. What about, what about <laughs> um, I was gonna say that other one, leaving on a jet plane. But you know what? Oh. We're we're good on the journey.
1: Songs. Were you there that night when my cousin was trying to make everyone remember that song? Really? Oh no, I wasn't there. I don't. It was one time when I was home last year. So I guess September because it was before Thanksgiving. Like I, I guess I was by myself in this quote unquote journey. And my older cousin was like, Steph, you don't remember that song? I'm leaving on the jet plane. (laughs) And I'm like, no, but when are you leaving my house? What the heck are you singing about? And he just kept... It was bad. He was like bearing all this weight. Yeah, like he's bearing all this weight on my shoulder trying to get me to remember it. And he's like, you know, it was in that one movie. And I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I went online and looked it up and i was like oh
0: oh is is that the group that died in an airplane crash i have no fucking clue don't oh. get me the no line <laughs> i i think they did I <laughs> ironically die in a an airplane so they crash. legit left us on a jet plane they did they oh. did ouch physically and spiritually Ouch. Well,
1: I'm just gonna. I'm
0: gonna, you
1: know, whatever. But you know who else is leaving us on a jet plane? Ha 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 ha. (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Transition. (laughs) Forty-five, bitch. Yes, what a wonderful piece of news that is. I, you know like half the country is pretty ecstatic that you know the the circus is leaving town finally yes um maybe maybe half is pushing it because there's i'm sure a nice percentage of people that um you know held their nose and voted for biden because he was not their ideal candidate but the desire to have trump leave was um more important than abstaining from voting which i'm really glad as many people voted that did yes. because we really needed every single vote this time all of them all of them um this whole this election was just like so crazy so wild honestly when they finally called it for biden you know i I think it was associated press finally they called the race and they announced that biden would be the projected winner he'd be our next president-elect um i did not feel like ecstatic i have friends that texted me like oh my god finally you know he's gone And I did not feel like this massive sense of relief. So in 2008, I I was on the phone with you when it was announced that Obama won. Mm -hmm. And I remember actually like tearing up because I'm like, oh my God, this is a, a historic moment. This is so amazing. In 2012, I kind of didn't feel so much apprehension because I'm like, yeah yeah Obama has kind of lost some of his flair but enough people are still rocking with him that he's gonna win so I wasn't really worried that he would that he would lose and he won obviously mm. and then um 2016 don't, don't there was just, I know there was just so much garbage out there and I found myself, Having to defend of all people like Hillary Clinton like Hillary Clinton has been well villainized and demonized, and I don't think she deserves all of the really really harsh criticism that she's uh that she's gotten uh if you want to be mad at her for being a politician, then fine be mad at her for that but all the mess surrounding her the emails the Benghazi stuff it was it was just Republicans poisoning the well mm-hmm. and it worked it really really worked and we got the reality show president that to this day I will continue to say he didn't actually want to be president he didn't actually want to be president he was running uh, because it would probably make a great show. Can you imagine how much money he could have made by selling uh, this the whole campaign and then the loss and all that other stuff? It, he would have made buku bucks. And somehow, <laughs> well, not somehow, 26% of registered voters voted for him and they called themselves the silent majority when that's not exactly true. It's just so many people hated both candidates they decided not to vote and I think these four years have shown people that not voting is not a good option uh I still know people that didn't vote and I decided (laughs) this time around I wasn't going to argue with them uh because people like that you know that are kind of set in stone with how they feel about it it's not up to me to try to convince you, especially if you're an adult. If you're a teenager, this is your first time being eligible to vote. I might try to sway you. But if you're an adult and you have all the resources at your fingertips to learn about candidates and research information that's out there, propaganda, what are the real facts and all that other stuff, and you choose not to, and you choose not to exercise like, in, in my opinion, a very important civic right. Like, that's on you. I'm not, I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. Anyway, I, I kind of did just jump into like a big old diatribe. My bad. Um, Biden's going to be our next president. Um, there's a lot of Republicans out there that say not quite yet. We're not. We're not done yet. What do you think about this whole mess? Listen, when I tell you, my
1: TV had been tuned to CNN election night. The day after, the day after, the day after, <laughs> like upstairs and downstairs, that's all our TVs were set to with CNN. <clears throat> Excuse me. To the point where the kids were like, "The numbers aren't moving." Uh, when are they going to call it? (laughs) And I'm like, just be patient kids. Like this is our first election in our lifetime during a pandemic. It's going to take longer because you have a whole lot more people voting by mail or doing um, early voting, you know? So the, the, the voting system has changed for 2020. It's going to take a lot longer Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, man, the kids are right. The numbers aren't moving. This is taking forever. When I tell you no lie, I watched CNN so much from Tuesday to Saturday morning that when I finally said, let me just give it a break, I completely missed the whole announcement. Joe Biden <laughs> Joe Biden was announced as the president-elect. I totally missed it. Like the hubs had to work. He came in the house and was like, I'm surprised you have the TV off. Didn't you hear? I'm like, what? He's like, Joe Biden is the president-elect. He won. I'm like, wait, the moment I turned the TV off, I missed all that. And no lie to Carver, I just had my phone on YouTube watching old videos and was doing my hair. I didn't pay any attention when it actually happened, but I felt relief that I didn't have to keep watching CNN. I didn't have to keep watching the same, like I felt like they were stretching out the story because, you know, they they had to mm-hmm. find something to fill the time, you know, J- Don Lemon can't do his normal time slot. Uh, Cuomo can't do his normal time slot because all you could talk about is the election. And I, I, I remember seeing everyone on, on the TV in different States out in the streets and telling my husband, it feels like people are celebrating the end of a, um, God, I can't think of it now. Dictatorship? Yes. Dictatorship. That's, dictatorship. Yeah. That's how it felt. It felt like people were celebrating the end of a dictatorship. The amount of people I heard say, fuck Trump on CNN, all the crazy signs, the <laughs> the spin on Biden's name to say bye, Don, um, you gonna lose your job today. Song. I wondered how many people had tweeted um at Donald Trump to tell him you're fired. Like it was amazing. And then in real life, you have a president who is refusing to concede. Um, a president who decided to go play golf and tweets out that he won the election by a lot. His words, not mine. He won the election by a lot and that pretty much the the votes that he got, those are the legal votes and the votes that Biden got are illegal. And so here we are wondering, what is this really going to look like on January 20th, 2021? Is he going to go peacefully? or will they really have to drag this dude out of the white house if he's even in there
0: um he is just a mess he is he's not going no. to change he's i i i think he's always been an asshole but when he was trying to he was a billionaire trying to be a hollywood person he was kind of a a likable asshole because you know he's in his own lane but but then he stepped foot into politics and gained so much traction with so many people and so quickly and it's like what is this magical spell that he's cast on people um and it was just—it's been a, such a huge mess. And I, like you, I was following closely, but I was not glued to my screens because 2016. I—I I mean, it sounds so bad because um, Republicans have been really good about sharing those memes and those gifts or whatever, um, where you know that one with the woman and she her face is like really clenched her mouth is clenched and it says triggered and it it, it vibrates a little bit Mm. have you seen that one it's it's kind of been circulating since for four years basically it's a picture of somebody who i guess was out in public when hillary clinton lost in 2016 and they have different memes of like a guy crying in the street and they have this one where this woman has this really intense look on her face saying that she's triggered basically the liberals are crying so um i felt like that i didn't feel like crying i felt defeated like how could so many people do this to our country how can they not see the problems that electing this man is gonna bring it is crazy to me that people were so blind to it and even today people will say he did great things for this country he fulfilled all his promises blah blah how have you benefited from donald trump being president like i i I don't i haven't received any benefit but (laughs) Anyway, um, I basically made myself sick. I made myself sick and not on purpose um, when Hillary Clinton lost, um, but it was before that. So the numbers were still coming in by the time I was trying to go to bed that night. And I was actually purposefully trying to go to sleep early because they were not looking good in her favor. Um... And it looked like Trump was winning, and we were still, you know, a significant amount of electoral votes off. But he—he he looked like he was on his way to a win. So I said, "I don't want to be up for this. I'm gonna take like a, uh, I'm gonna take a NyQuil and just knock myself out." So I took a NyQuil and I went to sleep. And NyQuil is really ineffective for a prolonged sleep so it might have knocked me out for like three hours of course as soon as I woke up I checked my phone and she had lost I I believe they had announced it like probably around midnight maybe after that sometime but she had lost and I'm like you have got to be fucking kidding me and I just remember feeling so i felt shaky like oh my god our country is in for so much trouble and i was like i have to go back to sleep it was the middle of the night i took a different now this is going to sound like i'm a pill popper i really don't take i really don't take medications like that um i might take a tylenol once in a blue moon but um i really only take meds if i'm sick uh but is this was a special occasion i probably would have been better off just having i'm sorry did you say special occasion when referring uh, to
1: the pills you took to help you go to (laughs) sleep
0: This all right special occasion special circumstances (laughs) i not can't say I'm yeah. not a bill popper. It's say so special took, occasion. <laughs> Sorry. Like I didn't even I didn't even clock that. I was just like, yeah, it was a special circumstance, it's not a special occasion. Like, ooh, party. Who takes Nyclo to party? Yes, I'm gonna have so much fun with <laughs> me. <your sleep>. Like, <laughs> but um, I took a different, because I think that was probably like my last NyQuil out of a pack I had forever. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I have like a Tylenol PM or something else PM around here. So I took something else PM. And when I tell you, like, I laid there for the next hour hoping to fall asleep Mm -hmm. and I could not fall asleep. My heart was racing and I'm like, holy shit. I done took some drugs that are interacting with each other. Oh, no. They're having bad interactions. And um, I never got back to sleep. So I slept for maybe three hours that night, got the bad news, and then basically medically stimulated myself out of sleep. And I had to go to work early. Um, so... I was at work kind of just depressed all day and really, really upset and defeated. And I decided that this time I would not do that to myself. That this time, the only thing I could control was my own vote and what I do. So I decided I was not going to go nuts on people on Facebook. I decided I was not going to stop the results because that move me crazy and I decided that I was not gonna stay up until they announced the winner but I was just gonna go to bed like normal and just be calm and when I tell you it worked it worked I did check the election results like every day like everybody else in the country but um, I wasn't obsessed with it I still had to work Um, I still had to concentrate on work. And mind you, it wasn't funny, but I kind of had to shrug things off because like I said, Mm. I did my part and then everything else is what it is. I can't control who voted and who they voted for. So there's gonna be a winner. It's gonna be Trump or Biden and it is what it is. So when they announced Biden, I was, I was glad. It was like, oh, I'm so happy. I was worried because I didn't know if the electoral votes would... Um, you know, the margins are yeah. not that great. The margins are so slim for some of the states he won. But it's like, hey, listen, the margins are slim for some of the states that Trump won, too. But it's interesting that Democrats are not contesting the states that he won by, you know, 20,000 or something like that. Democrats are not saying, or Biden camp is not saying, hey, you you won, I don't know, you won Ohio by 20,000 20, votes. Like, we think there's a problem there because we, we should have won Ohio. We were projected to win. We're going to contest it. Um, the whole, it's a, just a big old mess. Maybe it's because of how Trump was behaving that I have that I had like a hard time being really happy about it. Or maybe it's because Biden I worry about Biden. Biden is like the grandpa at the picnic that you want to keep an eye on. Because you want to make sure he doesn't wander and then you can't find him when it's time to go. I know that sounds terrible. (laughs) Um, But it's but it's it's really like that's a testament to how badly we wanted Trump out is that we said this is the person who the Democrats are gonna put up that we have to actually vote for. This is the person that they're backing that through all their analysis and data, they have decided this man has the best chance of beating Donald Trump. Like Biden did not run on a campaign of, of his own policies. He basically ran on an anti-Trump campaign, which I thought sucked you know i don't really i've gone on biden's um campaign website and read about you know what he plans to do and all this other stuff but for most of his campaign i had no idea like what's your platform bro and trump didn't have a platform either like his what did people go to his rallies for just to Before see the him?
1: entertainment in my
0: opinion you know he's gonna sing something stupid oh he's gonna say
1: something stupid (laughs) you're not gonna wear a mask and you're gonna walk out sick and even during the election and after the election people in his camp are still getting sick (laughs) like come on I just read that um Ben Carson has been tested positive for um COVID-19 like come on so he's the super Mm spreading president
0: And it's like, Ben Carson, you are supposed to be the genius heart surgeon. And listen, nobody can, you can only protect yourself in order to not get coronavirus. And I do feel like some people are, obviously, if you're high risk, you're more susceptible to it. Um, and that's why high-risk people should not be putting mm-hmm. themselves in situations where they could contract it but somebody like ben carson bro you are uh like super genius i don't know if he's a genius in general because listening to him speak he doesn't come off as the brightest bulb but um listen the man has to be intelligent he was a really well-respected cardiovascular surgeon. And he made a lot of money. Yeah, you're doing a, a that. whole doctor and, um, exposing yourself to
1: a, yeah. a, a virus unnecessarily. Like, who at this point right. doesn't have the ability to FaceTime, Google Duo, Zoom, uh, Google Hangouts, if it still exists, to, to talk to someone from a distance, you—I don't have to be in the room with you to support your campaign, to be there for your policies and in and, and your rants, your cries, all that stuff. I don't have to be in the room with you. If you are, you would expect someone who's a medical professional, an ex medical professional, to know better. But he's under the Trump spell. Well,
0: well you know, Trump demands loyalty. F that it's like a cult. He demands. Like, it's literally like a cult. And
1: honestly, like, I want the reality star to finally face his reality check. You know what I mean? Like, dude, you lost. It was a fair election. Even if you recount the votes, you still lost. I'm not even going to say that you're fired. It's so fucking cliche at this point. But you (laughs) lost your job. One term president, one and done it's over the only thing that came out of it is just just a bunch of zombie-like cult followers and racist people have exposed themselves to show you you know they they've come out and said you know i'm not afraid to show myself because this president says it's okay like that that's how it feels to me at least where i live that people feel like it's okay now to just be openly racist and show their loyalty to a dumbass that doesn't know how to run a country
0: pretty much Um, the way this country has seemed to go up in flames in just four years I'm not surprised by it. it it's been a slow build um It started, we know it started with Obama. Um, We saw for years, for eight years, we saw the kind of rhetoric that people surrounded Obama with. I mean, the fact that Mitch McConnell and his GOP buddies, when Obama was elected, or shortly before he was elected, like they made a pact and they confessed to making a pact. How how can you do this? How is that beneficial to the American public, which you serve, that you make a pact to not cooperate with the president? With the president. And you literally have no idea besides what he promised on his platform you have no idea how um, amenable he would be or how cooperative he would be or how bipartisan he would be you never gave him a chance Mm -hmm. and then you know every single thing Obama did was met with so much criticism and I found myself having to be like hyper vigilant in almost standing for Obama and it's like who wants to stand for a president you know he's the president nobody's really supposed to like the president that much yeah he's a charismatic guy or whatever but he's the united states president like he therefore we elected him to do a job and he has this opposing force that's literally wanting him to be a one-term lame duck president and sadly I don't know how much of a lame duck Obama was. I feel like he he did um, he did the best he could, mm-hmm. but that Republican Senate it's like it's like a brick in a stream or not a brick in a stream. It's like a saying I'm screwing it up. It's like a basically a flow of water and you just stuck a mountain in the middle of it. You know? Yeah,
1: and it sucks because with us having a black president at that time. It stands out even more like the opposition stands out even more because I'm Mm -hmm. sure that whenever, you know, a a Democratic president is, you know, trying to get things passed with Republicans um, behind him and vice versa. The same shit happens. Right. Like we have opposing views. You have to come through us for approval. We're going to say no. But it's amplified when it's a person of color. Because it's like, well, damn, this is what we're facing in real life too. Can can we get something done with a person who is the leader of the free nation? Can we can we get something done?
0: It's just annoying though, because they're the Partisanship that's out there now is disgusting. And that partisanship, I don't feel like was there when Bush Bush Jr. was president. And it was not there when um, Bill Clinton was president. That kind of partisanship, and granted, we were children for for the most part Mm -hmm. um, when those two were presidents, but I do not remember that kind of nasty partisanship. (laughs) It was like, okay, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat, but that doesn't mean on the issues that matter, we can't come together. You know, there was no Democrats um, creating bills or, or writing bills and then a Republican sitting it on the desk, the Republican Senate leader sitting it on his desk for three years and not even bothering to look at it. How does that serve the American people? How? It just, it doesn't serve the American people. It's detrimental to the American people. And then I'm sure people, so a very, very small amount of people who might be listening would say, well, Democrats are, did that to Trump? No, actually Democrats wanted a seat at the table with Trump. They were like, okay, Trump isn't who we wanted, but we are willing to work with him. And Trump was just he wanted nothing to do with them he like he does to everybody in his administration he expected his butt to mm-hmm. be kissed and the democrats were like no that's not how this works like we want to work with you you're the guy we want to work with you we want to be able to get bills passed for the people <coughs> but you have to it has to be a give and take it can't just be Every single thing that you want, and Trump wasn't willing to give. And then you know, he surrounded himself with the worst type of people, the worst type of advisors. I, Ivanka, his daughter's name is Ivanka, right? Yeah, Ivanka. Ivanka Trump. What qualifies her to be an advisor? I she don't was his know. co-host. What qualifies? She was people? a co-host
1: on um, <laughs> what's the name of that show? The Apprentice. She was a co-host. So, yeah. as his co husband, he was probably an executive producer. So, when you look at Ivanka and Don Jr, they sat next to him at this makeshift boardroom table at an NBC studio. And that alone qualifies them to assist him with running this country. That's my synopsis of it, of it all. That's it.
0: I mean so so he's got his kids, his son-in-law his sons all in his ear, but you know what they're 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 not smart in terms of uh, the governmental side of things like what do they know it's the real people the people pulling the actual strings like Steve Bannon who you know basically planted this seed in Trump's head of democrats being an enemy of the people he straight up said that and trump repeated it democrats are an enemy of the people hold up sir you are the american president you are not republicans president okay you say some shit like that i have a problem with you I already couldn't stand on, but when I heard that, I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. Like, this this guy is saying this. Why? Where are the Republican leaders to say that's not okay? Like, Republicans have really shown who they are by the way they have allowed Trump to run roughshod over our democracy, over tradition. And it's just like, The fact that you, he refused to even hang up Obama's picture. Like, is it in the closet somewhere?
1: Like, why wouldn't you do that? It's a tradition. Um, How
0: petty do you have to be? How insecure of a man, let alone a sitting U.S. president, do you have to be to be that small? and this is stuff like nobody was willing to hold him accountable he has he surrounds himself with, yes, man. with people that just give him accolades and they give him all this reinforcement that what he's saying is right what he's doing is right he goes through staff like he's firing paper, people today like a turnover, turnover like rate. he is legitimately
1: firing people today for, like why but that's how he is. That's how he is. He, I feel like he took office as if he was inheriting a kingdom for life versus serving a four-year term. That's how it seemed. And I oh, I had always feared that if he had won his a second term, that he wasn't going to try to leave when it was over. You get two. And then you sit <laughs> down and hopefully you'll live to potentially run a third time. But you're old as shit. You might not make it. Let's be real. Time's not on your side. But that aside, like, he literally took this on as a dictatorship, as he was a ruler. And this is what the president does. The president rules the country. That's not what the fuck democracy means. That's not what it means. It is for us, for the people. And But you knew, like, as anything that happened within the black community like the pandering started right before the election so as black people are being slain this year everything we talked about since we started our podcast he had nothing positive to to add to it n- nothing to say you know in support of the families all that good stuff but then the moment is time for you to think oh i might get reelected i've done so much for the black community more than <laughs> Even more than Abraham Lincoln. If you don't sit your comb over ass down somewhere, Abraham Lincoln, that's how far back you want to go? You think that's the only president that has done anything for the country, let alone black people? And please keep in mind, black people in Abraham Lincoln's time were bargaining chips. That that whole Emancipation Proclamation had nothing to do with setting slaves free. It's a bargaining chip. To make sure that the confederacy became a part of the union, sir. We were bargaining
0: chips. You don't want to comply. Then guess what? Slavery's over. Didn't Abraham Lincoln say if he could have gotten the confederacy to come over to the union without freeing the slaves, he would have done it? Yes, he had slaves. He was a slave owner at the time. No, no. He wasn't, I, he wasn't I said that before no he wasn't
1: <laughs> was, is he the one that was too poor I'm fine with retracting and possibly deleting that but
0: <laughs> but wait was he the um, one that was too I poor to own a slave I don't know Sometimes. if it was that he was too poor but his family um, didn't own slaves Like, womp womp. It, it was, yeah I said that before, too, and somebody corrected me, and I was like, God damn
1: it. You know what, though? I mean, it's a common um, assumption that if you weren't a poor white person at that time, that you probably owned slaves. And if you were a poor white person, you probably worked for slave owners as some kind of indentured servant. And so you can make enough money to do things on your own and you became an overseer, blah, 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 Or you might've been an abolitionist.
0: Hmm.
1: Not many titles right. though. Right. I'm Google it. <laughs> Did Abraham. <laughs> I'm Googling it. Damn it. Lincoln. Own. Slaves. Why is that not coming up in the Google searches? Like everything else is predicting it's
0: like a predicted text weird
1: let's see on june 23rd someone told some stories on history channel abraham lincoln did, did believe that slavery was morally wrong but there was one big problem it was sanctioned by the highest law in the land the constitution Oh, and then an advertisement to join your newsletter. No, thank you, history.com. The nation's founding fathers who also struggled with how to address slavery did not explicitly write the word slavery in the Constitution, but they did include key clauses protecting the institution, including a figurative slave clause and and the three-fifths clause, which allowed Southern states to count enslaved people for purposes of representation in the federal, federal government. Uh, that has nothing to do with it. So basically he thought it was morally wrong. though so Lincoln himself, blah, blah, blickety, blah. Oh, he was working alongside abolitionists. All right. I remember learning about that in school. I don't trust much of what we learned in school. I ain't going to lie. Like, all, all right. right. So quick sidebar, quick sidebar. I feel guilty mm-hmm. now every Thanksgiving for being in a play in first grade with the Indians and the Pilgrims, and this is before first grade. first grade. So this is before it was, you know, PC and 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 or we were corrected to not call Native Americans Indians. So I was legitimately an Indian in this parade. I shared my colorful Indian corn with the Pilgrims who came in on the Pinta, the Santa Maria, and whatever else. Um, I don't feel like remembering right now, but, um, like legit, it was like a, a whole little mashup of like some kind of Christopher Columbus, sell the ocean blue, all the, the Santa Maria, that was, that's what it was. So they all came through, they were like, Hey, we'll we're, we're pilgrims. We don't know how to grow stuff. And I helped them grow corn. And then we sat down and broke bread together in the first grade thanksgiving parade and i had like the feather plumage on my head and all this other stuff that i made myself out of construction paper and then i look back 31 years ago and i'm like oh man i wish i never did that shit (laughs) like i feel like a traitor (laughs) so bad because of course in school in first grade dang what year was that first grade 89 yeah, 8990. Um, yeah, right. So yeah, 8990. I'm sitting here being a damn Indian and in the pilgrim um play, and I feel bad about it. Like, yeah, I was six and I didn't know any better. But you think about all the stuff we learned in school, and like you said, it's whitewashed, and I'm like, I want to erase that part of my history i wish i had known more i wish i was a, a woke six-year-old who would have said no miss levy i don't want to be a native american in your whitewash play but i wasn't a woke six-year-old i didn't know any better
0: i don't you think i i don't know if erasure is the solution to stuff like that i think that people need to be educated and people need to care about um, appropriation. Like, so many people laugh when they hear words like, that's cultural appropriation. Um, and then you get people from certain marginalized groups that are like, don't speak for me, you know, don't mm-hmm. speak for me. Not all Native Americans think the same. Not all Native Americans feel one way or another about Columbus Day, feel one way or another about. Um, people wearing a headdress um, I do find that it's often white people who are trying to make the point like we're celebrating other cultures like what other way to honor a culture than to celebrate the the, the parts of it like the Indian um, the headdress and um, wearing the moccasins and dancing around the fire saying oh yeah yeah, yeah." like yeah come on you can celebrate
1: by observing and letting people celebrate how they celebrate i get that
0: i i often find that those people that try to white explain stuff like that like why why you should not be offended by me doing offensive shit those are the same type of people that are like it's halloween people should be able to dress however they like people should be able to wear um brown makeup if they're trying to be a character it's not disrespectful they're not really black it excuse me i'm not a costume right i'm not a costume right like come on like a person's race is not a costume you can put a bare minimum of effort into a costume and people will get it okay you don't have to slather on brown makeup with a glittery bodysuit and full-blown blonde hair lion's mane and I and I would um you know not understand that you're supposed to be Beyonce because you 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 chose not to slather on brown makeup you know do the dance and keep it pushing
1: play play the music but i i get it like i i still feel bad for the sixth grade play i mean the first grade play although i was you know a six-year-old i didn't know any better but i think the more we learn Not that I have to carry the guilt of a six-year-old for the rest of my life, but the more that we learn, we just do better. Like, you know better, you do better. You know, so... You
0: You would hope. Huh? You would hope. I I say you would hope. There's so many people out there that are... It's not even reluctant. They are resistant to it. It, it, Okay. I don't want to go off on a tangent. there. But I do... I I know... (laughs) I do feel like um, progressive, pol- like progressive ideals, have pushed some people to like their breaking point politically, um, ideologically, all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like for a lot of people, progressive ideals are too radical mm. and they're too out there, and and they came too fast and just too many at the same time, where progressives are like, listen, we're at point C, and we need to be at Z right away. No excuses, no room for growth. We need to get from C to Z now, okay? It took us a hundred years to get from A to C, but You guys know better now and we need to get from C to Z now. And I just think it's caused so much resistance and that has really helped in the divisiveness um, in this country because, well, we're not going to talk about the race part because the whole race thing has been an insidious underlying problem in this country forever this country has racism woven into our makeup mm-hmm. it's never gonna it's go still in it. the constitution <laughs> so, um. you know um it's i just think that we do need to progress as a society and we need to change the way we think about a lot of things. We do need to consider people's um, feelings and consider people's culture, like be more culturally sensitive. Um, I don't think we should be censoring comedians. I don't think we should be like canceling comedians for making a racially insensitive joke. Um, because now comedians are, like, scared to do their job. If Eddie Murphy did his specials from, like, what were they, the 80s? Yeah. If he did his specials today from the 80s, he would be roasted alive. He would be put on a spit and roasted alive. Because he did a lot of racially insensitive stuff. He did a lot of, um, like, sexuality insensitive stuff, like, with toward the gay community. And it's stuff that just would not stand. And I don't want to feel like an asshole when I watch one of those specials and I laugh because the shit's funny. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm definitely not a homophobe. And I'm definitely, I definitely don't have any kind of ill feelings towards people different from me. Um, but that was a funny joke I get why in real life you can't say shit like that but it doesn't make it less funny you know yeah well comedians are stating so, their, their observations of the world yeah and I just I your know, cancel culture is so top we already talked about this before cancel culture is so toxic like 99 percent of the time and it's really only good like 1% of the time when things really need to be canceled. Like for real. Like for real. Trump
1: should be canceled, but everyone else we might give a, a, a review panel to. You know, so like your Trumps of the world, your R. Kellys of the world, people who hurt people, people who don't care about people's feelings, like their intentions are to do harm. I can understand canceling those type of people, but someone who made a statement on Twitter 10 years ago and their views of the world have, ch- have changed, I'm not quick to cancel them. There's just some people I've never liked. That's different, that's not canceling. I just don't vibe with you. You're not my cup of tea. Right. But you know, like um, what's his face? Kevin Hart, when he was facing all his backlash, his views have changed. You know, he made a funny joke or whatever that fit at that time and he doesn't feel that way anymore. People are allowed to change. It's the people who show you the resistance to change who you should consider distancing yourself from as a fan, as a supporter, whatever.
0: Like, I feel that way too about... um a lot of people who the way they voice their opinions this time around during this election cycle um the activist Sean King I follow him on Facebook mm-hmm. um because I I got into him when all these black men kept dying and I found that he was one of the voices of reason that i could actually rock with like you know he wasn't he wasn't saying this is wrong and then on the flip side making excuses for why these men are dying at the hands of police while they're unarmed Mm. you know um he wasn't making excuses he was saying no this is wrong and we need to do something to to fight against it but i i don't rock with him on all of his views some of his views are out there you know um Like one thing that he's brought up again, he brought it up before, he's brought it up again recently, where he said, we need to work toward um, allowing 16-year-olds to vote. And I'm like, 16-year-olds are great. They're well on their way to being adults. But the hell I would have looked like being 16 years old and voting for the president of the United States. What life experience do I have to... Lead me to a good decision. Zero. I was about to get suspended from high school for throwing poppers at your feet in the bathroom. I forgot all about okay? that. bitch. Uh, you know that, that's the type of dumb shit I was doing when I was 15 years old. Not to say all 16 year olds do dumb shit, but most of them yeah. do. And I, I just think it's. It's a kind of a wild idea. So that's the type of stuff I don't agree with him on. And then there's the fact that he's a huge Bernie supporter. I mean, he introduced Bernie at several of his campaigns. He is Bernie bro, like 101. And that's cool. But when it became obvious that Bernie was not going to take home the DNC nomination, he then... um, ramped up his slander campaign against Joe Biden and it's like people like him don't realize until the last minute how harmful they are he has a huge platform he has a huge audience of people a lot of people aren't willing to do their own research like you say something about somebody and you sound good saying it that's it I'm on board no you still have to research the stuff that Mm -hmm. people are saying so when he kept bringing up joe biden closer and closer to the election he still kept bringing up joe biden the 1994 crime bill joe biden is bad for black people like you know why do we keep allowing democrats to put up these um moderate democrats that you know aren't even really democrats they're more like republicans in a lot of respects why do we keep allowing this why why do we only have these type of people as our choices and blah 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 and it's like listen bro i understand why you're mad i understand bernie's not it bernie lost the primaries again he's not it people aren't voting for him you this is the same thing with the progressive ideals you want us to jump from point c to point z it doesn't work you have to give people time to get used to the way you think mm-hmm. and why incorporating more progressive ideals and why um electing more progressive people into positions of power is important and why it's better for everybody instead of like you're trying to defeat a two-party system in one fell swoop if we take the presidency we take it all that's not gonna work people are gonna be resistant to it so when he kept going after biden digging at biden i was you know i love commenting on stuff so i was saying i wish you would shut up sean king he didn't read my stuff. I'm sure out of the thousands of comments he gets, he's not going to read my stuff. You didn't get I'm like, i didn't <laughs> get I, like, I wish, sometimes I really wish you would shut up. I understand that you want what you want. There is no such thing as a perfect candidate, especially in politics. No such thing. Every single candidate has something going with them that we don't agree with. Even the best, even the ones who you think are perfect, they have something going against them that you're like, eh, I don't really, that's not really my speed, but okay. So you're demanding a perfect candidate. You're demanding that Joe Biden be held accountable for the 1994 crime bill that he did bring to the floor. That was his baby and he owns it, that that was his baby. But it's like, you're also not Taking into account what was going on in 1994, like we were still in the grips of a crack epidemic, Um, like it was a bill that was supported by Democrats and Republicans. It was a bipartisan bill. Your homeboy Bernie signed it. It had attached to it like a uh, an act that protected women. And it was something else that it did that was um, really positive. So it had other things attached to it. And it was a federal bill. I, I recently looked up all this information so that I could argue with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I can't argue about the crime bill if I don't know about the crime bill. But um, it was a federal bill. Um, and apparently... Like overall, so the point of the bill most certainly was to increase incarceration. So a lot of people are like, Joe Biden is responsible for mass incarceration of Black people. Actually, a lot of states, a lot of cities or whatever, as a direct (laughs) result of the rampant crime in the crack epidemic in their areas, they wanted tough laws. They wanted tough on crime laws, like um, repercussions. So before this crime bill even came about, these states started adopting their own policies for, um, for crime. And when the crime bill rolled out, it was federal. It affected federal prisoners which only a small fraction of prisoners are in federal prisons, the overwhelming majority of people that are in jail today are in state jails, which this 1994 crime bill did not impact. It had no effect on it. So it's like, okay, you can say Joe Biden 100% intended for this bill to have this result. But at the end of the day, it was each state's own decisions for their state which it ramped up incarceration of black people so it's like if you're gonna tell the story tell the truth but because he can't stand joe biden like he was going for him going for him going for him and i'm just like mm-hmm. shut the fuck up man like this is your platform of course you're entitled to say what you want to say but we literally have to choose between these two in the next couple of weeks and you are still like beating him over the head with this shit he has said more crap about joe biden than he has about donald trump and i'm like you are bringing up 30 year old crime bills well is it 30 years no 26 am i doing math right yes (laughs) you are bringing up 26 year old you got me over here counting now and asking jesus (laughs) In demanding he be held accountable but you don't even you never even mention trump like you have nothing to say about trump You're not even on your radar so it's stuff like that and i saw multiple different people like that with their platforms i already knew that there was going to be a lot of black men and women on some fuck shit voting for trump i already knew it I, I decided I wasn't going to be mad about it because engaging with those people, I could already tell the overwhelming amount of people that I engaged with, Black Trump voters that I engaged with on Facebook, they did not know what the fuck mm. they were talking about. They literally were like, Biden is bad, 1994 crime bill. Biden is bad he's a racist Biden is bad because of this and it was like just like Trump supporters almost read from a script it was like these people were just like reading from a script so somebody said something good they liked the way it sounded and they were just repeating that and then when I challenged it they kind of disappeared and that was the end of our conversation you know it's no different than how people
1: are with um Kamala Harris where they keep bringing up, you know, oh, she locked up so many black people. And it's like, one, she was at work doing her job. Two, were they criminals? Were they? Did, did were you they? did you commit a crime? Because um, you're going to do the time. Like, I always wonder... <coughs> excuse me. I always wonder when people say that so-and-so person hasn't done enough for Black people, what are these things that you are looking to happen for us? Like as you complain that someone hasn't done anything for the Black community, what is it that you want to have done? And do you realistically expect a, a single politician to only serve one ethnicity while they're in office? Like
0: it, that's what I said about all the people who were mad about Obama. Obama had eight years and he didn't do nothing. Like you can't
1: really expect to get a black president to come in and be like, all right, now I got to look out for my people. You know, so first of all, like he's not going to come and be like, so boom, check it. We're gonna give reparations for all <laughs> my people because like slavery shit was wrong, um, you know. Like it's not gonna be like that. You're not gonna give everyone the equivalent of to of whatever forty acres and a mule is today. You're not going to be able to make this massive impact when you have opposing forces for simple shit such as healthcare for all. You you're not gonna get. A, a bunch of buy-in to help one single ethnicity when the country is a melting pot of a ton of different cultural backgrounds. You're not going to get someone to come in at, at even a mayoral level to come in and change things for just one group of people. That's, that's not what realistically can happen so you can't say, oh, he's not doing this for the black people. She's she locked up a bunch of black people. If you're at work and you're doing your job and you're doing it correctly, people will get impacted. And guess what? If you're over a, if you're if you're a a, a part of an area where a bunch of black people are doing crime, or there are some black people, not a bunch, doing crime, and you send them to jail. I would look at, you know, is it fair sentencing? Did she, did, did people get the same amount of time regardless of their skin color? Versus, oh, she put a whole bunch of Black people in jail. She did her fucking job. She went to work, she clocked in, yeah. did her job and went home. Which is what we all do. So, you know, you can't just say, I expect this person to do so much for Black people. I don't expect to pass because we're Black. I expect you to be fair because we're American.
0: Like, I, it really, really annoys me um, when people say stuff like that also, where they're like, "What is this one done for Black people? What has this one done for Black people? Um, the things that Obama did were like, you could say they were a slow burn type of impact. So, for HBCUs, he actually um i don't i don't think it was a bill it might have been a policy or something like that where he basically allocated billions of dollars to roll out for years for hbcus i was recently in a discussion that's a nice way of putting it with somebody who's like trump did more for black people then Obama did in eight years. He did more for Black people in four years than Obama did for eight years. Trump lowered unemployment. This is the historic low of unemployment um, for Black people, and it's like, okay, are we are we still going to keep talking about unemployment when Obama had like he? I'm never going to stop giving him credit. Like you cannot say that the trend started in twenty. 14 of unemployment consistently going down because of what he did for the country and then allow Trump to take credit for historic lows. He literally just yeah. had to not yeah. fuck it up. That's all he had to do. Don't fuck it up. Um, but then they, this person brought up like uh, Trump just gave HBCUs $47 billion and I'm like that doesn't sound like Trump at all. <laughs> so I looked it up, and it was from a policy, an Obama policy that he signed years ago to allocate money for HBCUs. But see, these are things that people don't see. And then is stuff like, of course, the ACA um, getting so many uninsured insured people who just wouldn't have qualified for insurance through Mm -hmm. their job, whether they work part, you know, he he got 22 million people insurance that didn't have insurance before. That's crazy. That's a lot of Americans that now are able to get chemo treatment, go to doctor's appointments and all kinds of stuff that they weren't able to do this stuff before. They couldn't afford it. And American people were going to suck up that cost either way. Um, And then there was uh something else. Oh, the Second Chance Act mm-hmm. for people in jail. And it was like uh, something that impacted probation and parole and stuff like that. So it's like, please stop saying that Obama didn't do anything. The man's hands were literally tied for six out of the eight years that he was in office. Okay, just stop saying it it sounds so ignorant and when it comes to these type of initiatives it does seem like only the democrats are really focused on it i'm not going to give democrats too much credit for helping out black people because i don't really know what did Um, bill clinton like you said we were kids you know i don't know all right Right, we were we were kids. I just remember that's exactly on what I was thinking That's like my
1: first memory. You can play the sax, and there's a blue dress with a stain on it because of you.
0: <laughs> so, but um, I do know that it seems like historically, it does not seem like Republicans have done much for Black people. It's like you're not gonna tax us to death or whatever and basically we, we stay poor because we just can't afford you know, Takara, to
1: move
0: well Takara, um, you have to go and back to say the you great
1: um republican president abraham lincoln and remember that he was a republican mm. who did as much for the black community <laughs> as 45 that is where it begins and ends That's what I've learned.
0: I'm bullshitting, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. also never forget that it was the Democrat Democrats who started the KKK. As Trump supporters love to remind us,
1: you must not forget. I guess that's where the Proud Boys originated too. Like, aren't they like the children of the KKK? (laughs) So you know, the tables have turned as far as the. the parties, but the bullshit still exists. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know.
0: Yep, and I, I don't, I don't go for the both sides of the same coin thing either. Uh, the country is proven better off under Democrat leadership. It, it just is, um, especially when it comes to our economics. I don't, the stock market is going to do what the stock market is going to do. The stock market just responds to things, but, you know, it, it's, it does, it's not really a good representation mm-hmm. of what our economy is doing. So um, I don't really rely on the stock market to say, Oh, the economy is doing so great. No, that's, that's not a good representation because people can be dirt poor, and the people still with their money in the stock market can be making money. That's why it's so annoying when people are like, well, Trump must be doing something right because my stocks are looking great. He Trump doesn't. doesn't really have that he much to do with your stocks, sir, but okay. You know,
1: hi, uh, freaking you <laughs> I will say this. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you said that you didn't feel um, like an emotional response to the announcement of the presidency or Mm president-elect. But I did have an oddly unexpected emotional response to Kamala Harris, Kamala, Kamala, my bad. I don't mean to mispronounce her name. To Kamala Harris. There we go. So when Madam Vice President-elect came out to Mary J. Blige, (laughs) for her, um, her speech. I, I felt proud. I really did. And it could be because we're black, whatever, who cares? I can, I can say that. Right. But I Mm -hmm. felt proud one. I -hmm. felt proud because it was like a realization, right. That it was that the Trump, Stuff only has like a a short period of time until this stuff is really freaking over. Seventy something days until it's really freaking over. But not even just hearing her speak and Joe Biden speak, I I really started tearing up during the fireworks after they spoke. Like I was proud. Like I was clapping. Like they could hear me. I was honking (laughs) my imaginary horn. Like I was in Delaware listening to them in person. And I was proud, and I was relieved. And then when the fireworks started going off, and it said Vice President-elect floating up in the, the pyrotechnics in the air, and the 46 was in the little circle, I shed a little tear. And my icy little heart melted yet again. And I was like, I looked over at my husband and said, babe, this is real. Even if, Little baby Donnie Trump doesn't want to concede, doesn't want to admit defeat. It doesn't matter. Real. And you can count all the votes all over again and take another four or five days to count them all individually. Hold them up to a blue light. Check for your stamp of approval. All that stuff. It still happened you are out of here and it felt so good. Like the fireworks brought me to tears. First of all, I was like, oh, that's dope. Like I've never seen fireworks oh. like that because I've never seen words <laughs> in the sky stay there from fireworks. Normally, you know, you're you're impressed if you could just see them change colors, <laughs> right? Or go to a beat, you know, go off on time. right? But to see the words sit up in the sky, I felt like a little baby, like seeing fireworks for the first time. And then I shed a little tear and the hubs is looking at me like, are you really crying? I'm like, shut up. You don't know my life. You don't know my life. (laughs) But I felt so proud. And then reality settled in again, that it was a tight race and that damn near half the country is not in agreement with what's going on. And although there was a heartfelt speech of unity that was given by vice, not by, excuse me, president elect Joe Biden, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to buy in. And then I got a little unsettled because I'm like, okay, let's make sure that people Don't try to retaliate. Like, I was worried, like, what's going to happen when the dust settles? When I'm done with this proud moment and everyone else is done, feeling happy, ecstatic, whatever. What's about to happen? Like, are we we really, are we safe? And so far, nothing has happened. Thank God, knock on wood. But, you know, like, my mom called me. Like, don't leave the house, Steph. Stay inside. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know doesn't matter if there's crowds out there celebrating there's people out there waiting you know to start a scene and you know I I, I had to be realistic like even hearing motorcycles or fireworks in my own neighborhood is it really a motorcycle or is it an angry mob driving by at high speed is it really a firework going off or is that a gun ringing off and I don't live in a bad neighborhood but I don't and my, my county was blue thank God But that doesn't mean that the people around me are in agreement or in support of what's happening now. And that's what worries me. How is this really about to play out? Side note, I also was praying for Joe Biden that he didn't have a heart attack on stage from excitement or from (laughs) the fireworks going off. I'm sitting (laughs) there like, Joe, don't you die. Don't you die on that stage. Yes. Yes. Did you keep them jump? Him, you Don't see you them die jump? on this thing? Oh it's just a firecracker. Don't you die? You hired this pyro team <laughs> to to put your name in the sky. You hired <laughs> them to shout out Kamala in the sky. You hired them to put that forty six in the sky. Sit still, sit still. I don't care if all you did was put this on paper, dude. You knew the fireworks was going <laughs> off. You knew it was fireworks afterwards. Okay. You sit still. Somebody somebody watched Joe's heart. So yeah, I was a little nervous that Joe was gonna be like, oh shit, and just like <laughs> kill over. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> oh. I was nervous, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs>